Namaste. Welcome to the Happy Jack Yoga Podcast. I'm Happy Jack coming at you live from Happy Jack Yoga headquarters in Bracebridge, Muskoka, Ontario, Canada. And I'm live here with Happy Hanna, and I'm also in Bracebridge at the Happy Jack Yoga headquarters. I'm just upstairs and Jack is downstairs. We're literally, above each other. Literally right above me. It's, it's so good to be back. I mean, right now there's white, not a, not a ton of snow, but there's white uh, everywhere. There's snow falling and it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful time of year. And of course, so nice to be back home. And we're so excited to have everybody who's here live with us. So if you're in the Zoom room, thank you for taking the time to join us live. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple or Google or any of those great podcasts, we appreciate you uh, being here. And for those who uh, contribute to Patreon, thank you. Thank you so much. Got to do a shout out to our latest contributors, Allison Scott. Thank you both so much. We appreciate you. Um, it's, uh, it's really cool for the, the price of a cup of coffee per month, getting to, to, to support this little initiative. And, and today we get to have some really beautiful conversations. I saw for a second there, we had Saga and Lowry on video. Great to see our brother Lowry uh, there. <laughs> and, and anytime you need to go off video, everybody, no worries. Like we're here, we're in this together. So Hanna, I gotta, I gotta say, you know, <clears throat> it's so nice to be home. You know, like this is, this is where I grew up. This is my home. And at the same time, this past week has been a bit of a whirlwind. You know, you got, you got to see uh, basically three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Thursday, I had a Sanskrit exam, which took me 12 hours, uh, nine hours of work within a 12 hour period. It's not supposed to take that long. I'm just, I'm a little bit slow, you know, and I guess I'm very thorough, uh, but that takes a lot of mental energy, you know, and I was, I was sending you, I had 13 questions. I had to translate 13 verses. Uh, and each time I, I finished one, I'd send you a little message, Hanna. Yes, one of 13 done. And then an hour later, two of 13 done, you know, something like that. But it was, uh, you know, very rewarding to get that done. What was your experience of me going through that? It was really, um, it, it's really fun because <laughs> Like when you were describing what you're translating and there was like goddess Kali who might have gone to heaven or hell or swimming to get to a boat. Like the same word would mean those three options. So I was laughing a lot because it seems so crazy. Yeah. And, and just to give an idea my, my professor he sent uh he sent me my exam back this weekend with all the markings <laughs> and uh you could tell by reading my translation honda that i had a little bit of work to do but you know the, the last thing he said in his email was you know don't worry you don't have to worry about your grade so basically reassuring me uh because maybe my exam was not so amazing but don't worry you put in a good effort all semester um but that was that was thursday and it was like such a a mental intensive. Then we go to the next day, Friday, and that's when we were packing up my apartment to move it, you know, from Cambridge back, a bunch of stuff back here to Muskoka. And so that was like a 12 hour day of physically, you know, physically carrying tables and couches and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and, then, and, then, and then the next day, Saturday was a 12 hour drive uh, from Boston back to Muskoka. 
And so I feel like it's been in a whirlwind intensive few days, uh, but now it feels good. It feels good to be settled back here. And um, yeah, what are, what are you feeling? I feel grateful to be back as well. It's beautiful. It feels like winter and Christmas are actually coming. Yeah. And it's good to not be alone in the house. It's nice, nice to be nice to be around others. Absolutely, especially at the holiday season. Sue was asking, wasn't there a time limit on the on the exam? Yeah, we were given 24 hours to do the exam. Like, uh, basically, they sent us the exam. We had, yeah, it's, it's a long story. Think about this. Like, I had access to like online dictionaries and translation, everything at my fingertips, fully open book exam. And it took me 12 hours to translate 13 sentences and I made all kinds of errors. So just to just to give you an idea, Sanskrit is not an easy language. <laughs> and apparently we're supposed to be doing easier stuff to prepare us to eventually be able to do like Bhagavad Gita and that kind of stuff. Um, but anyways, super, super rewarding, super fulfilling. And, and I gotta say thank you, Hanna, for, for covering the calls on Sunday. So normally I always lead the, the Sunday satsang community call. Uh, and, and my mentorship program as well on Sundays, and you stepped in so I could go take my nephew to hockey, you know, and it was, it was so much fun, you know, as he had a game right here in town and going into the change room and helping him put on his gear and tying up his skates for him. Uh, and, you know, they, they, they won, they won the game seven to two. And at the end of the game, you know, the first thing he says is, you know, Uncle Jack, how come you were just stretching and doing yoga the whole game? So he, he could see me and you know, he's sitting down on the bench anytime he wasn't playing. And there I'm up in the stands. I've got my leg up on the railing and I'm, you know, stretching my, my body, whatever, doing poses. And I, I guess I just figured instead of sitting in the stands, why not, you know, use the time wisely, do some yoga, do some poses. I was still present with the game. Um, and so that's in a sense, like really no excuse. No excuse. Uh, we can do yoga whether you're on an airplane, whether you're at a hockey game. Um, certainly, if you got a yoga mat. So let's see. The other big thing happening right now, Hanna, is yoga for grief, and so that is a new course at Happy Jack Yoga University, uh, running live this week. Uh, I can hear it. You know, you're you're in your room, and I can hear the vibes and the passion you're bringing, and and beautiful shares. Um, being shared. Would you give us uh, just a little bit of an update, like how things are going? Has there been a, uh, an, an insight or a magic moment or a highlight or just like in general, what is on your heart being on day two of this five-day program? Yeah, I have to say like maybe the participants should be the ones uh, giving a review and saying what their experience is. Mine is today especially was a really important call and you'd think like conversations on grief would be sad or like that and I think a lot of the participants came with the anticipation of being you know maybe you know sad or having that type of experience but I find that there's nothing more fascinating to discuss than grief because gr grief is everything it's tied into our lives in ways that it almost becomes like a little bit of a thread through our lives. So whether it's grief or loss or navigating difficult things. And today we discussed, especially the second half of the call, we discussed how, you know, all of these practices are like, today I feel like was like the peak of 
what I want to teach, like what my experience is of yoga. And what I mean by that is, you know, like we are given these trials, like we might have relationships that aren't working out or, or losses of any kind, really. But then, you know, we are still vessels for energy and we receive energy constantly. And especially as yogis and as, you know, breathing techniques and meditation and, and hand gestures that we do, we are receiving energy. And what are we going to do with that energy? So when there is a difficult situation, for instance, in a relationship or a loss that we are um, navigating, yes, it's not to bypass that it's hard or complicated or that we have emotions that that are difficult but then also what are we going to do with the energy that we're given every day every time when i wake up i have equal amounts of access to life force <laughs> you know how am i going to use it what am i going to use this day for and that's what we practice with all of the yoga poses, all of the breathing techniques, all of the hand gestures, hand palms facing up, we're receiving something constantly. And so for me, it's like, it's humbling to go through loss and difficulties. And it shows us something about ourselves. And it shows us also an opportunity that where we have a choice what are we going to do about it are we going to let it spiral us down sometimes yes and after the spiraling what are we going to do next what's the next right thing what is the next thing because i get to choose and mm -hmm. all of us can only do this for ourselves so mm -hmm. that's what we discussed today and and i thought that was really like really beautiful because i don't know if if it's so clear, sometimes talking about our own experience and our own practice isn't so empowering if it's not your experience as well. But today I felt like we were able to kind of find the definition of what our practice is for. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Cause I guess, you know, I myself not having created the course and not leading the course, you know, might assume like, oh, yoga for grief, like, oh, it must be some kind of healing practices to, to navigate, you know, trauma or grief. And although I'm sure it can support those kinds of things, I, I love hearing, it's really about the, the meaning that you give and the, and the, the, the work we get to do, because whether yoga, it's not just like the, the poses, it's not just about doing the physical poses, uh, and, and the grief, it's not just like, you know, grieving, but it's like, how can we make meaning of our circumstance and our environment uh, and move forward? And I feel like that's one of the greatest things that yoga has given me is this ability and just desire to, to move forward and to grow and to not get stuck, not to dwell in the past, which is easy to do. Uh, but to really, you know, to want to move forward. And what is that right next step? And how can I be my best? Yeah, we move forward with new wisdom, mm -hmm. like difficulties shape our personality in a way, right? It, it yeah. shows us things about ourselves. How do we react to difficulty to challenge? What does that say about us? And what are we learning in the process? And mm. what, what are we going to do about it? How are we going to 
use and transform ourselves and our like we're constantly becoming the moment you feel stuck or trapped just take note of that it's interesting it's an experience and it won't last forever mm-hmm. and then with the next dose of energy of choice of possibility what's going to happen like we do have a say in that yeah i love it you know you you talk about wisdom and that's something that we do gain over time and and i want to just take a moment to shout out this week hanna this week and i know you wouldn't mind me sharing the number because it's your favorite number but this week is hanna's 48th birthday yes. coming up in just a few days and i know that's like something that I'd actually love to hear you share this a little bit because like somehow birthdays are so important for you. They're, they're, they're frankly less, less important for me. And, but there's something that you just, you love to celebrate your children or me or yourself or like literally anybody you find out it's their birthday and you're like a little girl, you know, going crazy. Um, so obviously we're celebrating you. It's still a few days away, December 16th, but what is it about, about birthdays uh, and, and and maybe in particular 48 which is a favorite number that that you get excited about well i love birthdays because it makes me emotional to say this but it's for me it's like a victory like i freaking made it you know mm-hmm. i survived and that's not nothing all the emotions and all the because di- i'm someone who feels really deeply like you know, when I love, I really love. And when I'm present, I'm really present. And I observe and receive and, you know, and I've gone through something really difficult, not just with the loss of my husband, but also with the emptiness thing and rearranging our arrangements, like all of that has taken a serious painful processes, you know, And so when it's my birthday, then because of Jens dying, I I, even more so do I feel emotional about birthdays because to me, it means that I'm alive, that I get to celebrate all my wins and the fact that I didn't give up, that I didn't die, you know, and, and that I exist, the fact that I exist So I think the whole universe should like exhale and take a pause and celebrate not just me, but everyone when it's their birthday, they were born into this universe, the the axis of the universe shifted, tilted a little bit, because you came into the world and you are in your process of becoming. Mm -hmm. Right. So for me, it's a moment to, you know, acknowledge the wins and the fact that we didn't give up and that it it was difficult and hard and it's an adventure that we are kind of like the heroine's journey like it it's intense to be a human being it's intense to be alive it's not easy to do the things that i said earlier about the practice like what are you going to do about your energy it's not easy it's really intense it takes everything that i am to be who I am today. And I think it's appropriate to celebrate that because I could also not be. 
I could be something else. I could be less alive. I could not have made it, but I did. So I want to, I'm going to celebrate that. And I'm really happy. And I feel like also like, like it's my princess birthdays that I didn't have when I was tiny. Now I get to have them. I get to organize my own birthday the way I want it. And each year might be different. And it's like a 24 hour process. It starts the evening before (laughs) and we're going out to my favorite restaurant here, you and I, and then, um, yeah, I'll feel all festive all night until midnight. Then it's my day. And then, um, I'll buy myself a gift and, I'll just be happy that I get to love the people I love and look them in the eyes. And I'm grateful for everything that I've been given. That's what I celebrate. I love it. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a a very special weekend. I'm looking forward to that. I'm just going to, I'm throwing it out there. I, I, she's off camera right now, but if our friend Saga is in listening view, I wanted to I wanted to see if she'd hop on for a second and if, if she's not in if she's out of camera. There she is. Yeah, there she is. She was, like, she was listening. And here here's why. This is gonna be an easy response. I'm not putting you on the spot, Saga. But if you if you have just a few minutes, I wanted to say, um, you know, because majority of the students who came into our community, like, you know, I'm talking like the first 10 years or so. The majority of them came in because they, you know, came to one of my workshops or to a yoga festival or conference, just by nature of I have taught more years than you have, Hanna, right? And more more classes. Saga is one of the the OG, one of the original Hanna yoga students in Helsinki, um, you know, who showed up and took your class and then entrusted you and came to Mallorca with us and did her 200 hour and, you know, that whole journey. But I wanted to ask Saga, just just as a nice moment, to, to, since we won't be on a call on Hanna's actual birthday, but is there something that you, what was it about those first classes that you took with Hanna? What was it about those first classes that made you, you know, come back for the second class or made you, you know, go to Spain and do a 200 hour yoga teacher training with us? You know, what was it that you saw in her, um, even though you weren't even planning to become a yoga teacher, but there was something that made you, you know, come back. And, and, and obviously it's a nice thing to say for Hanna, but it's also really nice for all of us to hear and think about what we can do as yoga teachers. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we got you. Um, um, that makes me so emotional to think of it. Um, I remember the day. Um, I remember the day going to Hanna's class for the first time, and I was walking to the place to the small studio in Helsinki, and then I already walked back to home. Like I was so early, I was there too early. I don't think anybody was still there in the place, and then I walked back. I was like. I can't go there. The The place seems like a tiny place, so I can't hide anywhere. Like I was just doing today, hiding, not showing my face on the camera. And then and then something just like turned me to go back to the place. And there is Hanna. Everybody probably knows Hanna who is in this call. And just what I saw on her was me as a baby, as a woman, as an adult. And also as grandmother and mother, like 
like I, I saw everything in Hanna's face, like everything um, that has been important to me in my family, like my uh, great grandmother who I lost, who I was also called Saga. And something that I saw in Hanna was the connection to me and to my grandmother. And then what Hanna did as a first yoga teacher who I've ever experienced doing it, she actually looked into my eyes and had some time to welcome me, to say like, hello, who are you? And welcome to my class with a big smile. And I was like, wow, like I, I had practiced yoga for a couple of years in Helsinki, but not ever any teacher actually looked into my eyes and asked, who am I? So that made a huge difference. Like I felt so seen. And then, of course, when we started and Hanna started to explain her path and her journey and her loss and grief, um, that was just something so relatable, even though, I, of course, I haven't experienced anything similar. But still, I felt like, okay, this is not just a yoga class, but actually human beings coming together and sharing what's on their heart. Mm. So that very much inspired me to become a yoga teacher. And that's my story how I then that's beautiful became who am I now yeah and then can I share just fast the, the next yeah. time when I come there I'm, I'm waiting for that Hannah's beautiful energy I'm like starting to very slowly open up like maybe I let myself to be seen and Hannah is gonna wait for me there and then of course Jack is there I've never seen Jack before and he's got <laughs> long hair he has a guitar on his hands and he's like too much for me at that time saying like hello in Finnish like I am happy Jack who are you and I was like oh fuck I can't <laughs> continue probably this class but then luckily I did and that was if not the best then the second best class and yeah if Hannes was the best class ever then this was the second then yeah that's amazing <laughs> I love beautiful. it thank you it makes me emotional <laughs> Mm. Somehow yeah. we're so connected. Yeah, I remember. I remember those days, and you like going to teach those classes, Hanna. And, and I really acknowledge you, Saga, for like that takes courage. What you just described, like I could see myself those first times going to a yoga class, and I, I felt intimidated because I was a guy, and it was mostly girls who were like super flexible and younger and more fit and. And um, so in, in a different way, like I just, I wanted to hide. And so just the way that you describe that, I feel is so relatable. And, and, and what Hanna did is really what we, of course, encourage all of our students to do is really to see, to see the students. And maybe I was a little bit too over the top because <laughs> I get, because for those who don't, I can't practice because most people here don't know Finnish, but like every Finnish sentence I know, I pull it out, you know, and uh, and I have fun with it. And and so I can imagine for someone in your you know circumstance, we're just like getting comfortable coming to a yoga class, looking for that grandmother love of that friendship love of Hanna. And all of a sudden you got this guy with long hair down to his belly button and a guitar and Oh my goodness. But I'm, I'm so glad then, of course, we connected as well. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you for taking the time. I'm so happy that you uh, shared those few words uh, in anticipation for Hannah's big day. Look at that. It's starting early this year, Hannah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> nice one. Well, let's send the love high vibes down to Saga. Out to Saga. Love you, Healthy. Saga. Thank you.
Amazing, amazing. Yeah, so it's so beautiful, like just thinking about those moments that that we can create as yoga teachers. That's what I, that's what I seek to now that I think of it now that Saga just described it. When I go in to teach a yoga class, like I whether it was like last week, and I was talking about that class at MIT, or wherever it happens to be at a yoga festival, um, natural high healing festival in Finland, wherever it happens to be. It's like the intention is really seeing the student and being there with the students. And it's no focus is on like, oh, am I going to teach poses that they like? You know, I, I teach the same poses. Anybody who comes to my Friday 11 a.m. yoga class, we're doing the same stuff every week, but I'm, I'm, I'm seeing who's there. You know, Victoria is on the call with us right now. She's often there on the Friday yoga. And it's like speaking to and being with who is in the space with us. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm so happy you did that, Hanna. For saga because obviously she's become a dear friend um and yeah time flies that was like seven years ago or eight years ago or whatever mm-hmm. yeah amazing amazing so i wanted we got a couple other little things here i wanted to say i wanted to say hun i'm actually really proud as well of of what we're creating here with this podcast i know this is maybe this is not a very humble humility type thing to do but i i listened to the last week's episode right before this because i like to listen to them before um you know just i'd like to listen to them all and i was just like really i really enjoyed the conversation now and i wasn't listening from a place of like criticizing you know whether i use too much filler words or hums um you know that kind of stuff but i just like really enjoyed the content and i feel like um you know not that every episode we nail it uh, but i think episode 14 was was a really nice one and it's it's really cool to be on this journey so thank you for for co-creating thank you yeah i yeah. love it and and those who you know those who are on camera they can see nobody said anything yet i'm surprised because i got a haircut i got a haircut last week um, and it's it's so sweet. It's getting short, so it's down to like uh, I don't know an inch, something like that. But it's it's so perfect. Um, I because Saga was saying how when I met her, like literally, and when I met you, Hunter, right? Like my belly button is yeah, like my, my hair. It was. It was literally. Like, there was like, a moment where your hair was longer than mine. <laughs> oh, thanks, Victoria. She says it looks awesome. Looks good. Um, I feel like I'm slowly you everybody watch so those of you who know us well I think you're gonna see it like slowly getting shorter and shorter not forever but like as I'm getting ready to move into the into the yoga ashram in January like what the guys there do they just have clippers right they just like buzz each other's hair you know and um, not that I think that that's my style long term uh, but I think I'm like slowly preparing myself I'm like okay how short can I go preparing for the clippers <laughs> yeah Love but it's, what's nice about it, I don't have to do, I used to have to like put coconut oil in my hair and like try to make it stand up in a smart way. But now it's like, I can't do anything with it. So it's just, yeah, here we go. So saving time. I'm all about efficiency. <laughs> I'm all about saving time and simplicity. So everything is coming into alignment. And uh, with that said, I think probably what we ought to do, Hanna, is we should move into our yoga myth. We got, we got a sweet little myth. And mm-hmm. I can't, we're halfway done this. We, yeah, we've, we've used a lot of time, but it's all good because that was really nice little uh, birthday conversation with Saga. So our myth is, do you want to read our myth? 
Yeah, today it's a very simple myth. Yeah. It is the question of, um, let me pull it up here. So what is the best yoga pose? Is there such a thing as the best yoga pose? It's a great question, right? And it's kind of like that idea of like, oh, there are quote unquote best yoga poses. And, and really it's kind of obvious. I think most of us can appreciate this, that we are all, we're all unique. We're all at different stages of life, right? You're this week, Hannah, you're turning 48, your favorite number. Every time you see 48 anywhere in the universe, you're like, hey, my favorite number. If anybody wants to know her pin number, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Figure it out. Uh, too much information. Um, but, you know, there's something about, you know, tr that all of us are unique at different stages of life, at, um, you know, at, at not only different ages, but also whether we're working with an injury, um and and just knowing what is the right intuitively um best pose that could be right for us so the the, the thing to remember is that each of us are our own best yoga teacher right so like hanna you are your own best yoga teacher yara you are your own best yoga teacher amy you are your own best yoga teacher martina etc um and because we can really we can really feel what's going on in our body and so sometimes it may be a uh, there may be a best pose in the sense of like a, an appropriate pose or a pose that really feels right uh, and sometimes you know i've always said that the an experienced yogi someone who really has some wisdom in the practice of yoga is not the person who can do the most advanced pose but rather it's the one who can listen to their body and honor their body and not not allow their ego to push themselves too deep and and you know either injure themselves or just you know beyond what's necessary. And so I you know I just for me today you know after as you were leading the yoga for grief course I shared with you Hanna I took a 20 minute power nap you know which I I call shavasana. <laughs> and I went into shavasana for 20 minutes and like that's what I needed because we did a really hard workout this morning, right? We went to our, our little place to work out, which felt amazing. You know, I get up at 4 a.m. So it's already, you know, I've already been up and at it for six or seven hours. And to take that Shavasana, it's like, this is what I need right now. And I think that that's the important thing that we as yoga practitioners and also as yoga teachers can invite our students to, uh, to, to listen to what feels right for them. What do, you, what do you think? Is, is, there, is there an answer? Is there a best yoga pose? Please reveal, if you know it, reveal it to us, Hanna. I know it. <laughs> Listen to this. Do you? Yeah. The okay. best yoga pose is the pose that you need. Mm. Oh, I like that. It's so true. But I was, I was thinking you're going to tell me it's headstand or it's, no, you're right. Exactly. It's the pose. It's the pose that each of us needs in that moment. And that could be different than when we were, 10 years ago when we started yoga uh, versus when we're at this stage right now. Yeah. And I think even more important than the yoga pose itself, I think for me is to attune to yourself and figure out what it is you need. Sometimes we're tired and so we need a slower practice or we've used the muscles and, and, and need to create more space and so to know how, what you need is the first task, attune to yourself and then select your practice according to what you need. Yeah.
That's sometimes nice. we feel restless. And so then we might need more movement or more challenge in terms of muscles or pace. Yeah. So just for fun, um, and we know this is not a prescription for anybody else because we, uh, we know that we're all unique and we all uh, have whatever is the best pose for us in that moment. But if you were, if you were to pick a pose right now, honey, if you were to think like right now, like close your eyes for a second, I know you're leading a podcast, you're not going to take a yoga pose, but if you were to just like, you know what, give yourself a yoga pose right now. I see you got some beautiful bolsters. You got some blocks, you got some blankets, you got a yoga mat. Um, what if you were to take one pose now, and again, this is not a prescription for others, <laughs> but what pose would you take? If I were to hop on the yoga mat behind me, I would take a down dog and then I would lift one leg up and open it and it. kind of kick myself in the butt. Yeah. Like a three-legged dog. Yeah. Nice one. And so that's where this is great. Cause it shows that we're very different. I would grab one of your bolsters. In fact, I have one of your bolsters down here. I would throw it on the mat and I would just lay over the bolster and do this big old hip opener or sorry, a heart opener. And just with my heart wide open and I'd lay there for about 10 minutes and I would chant some mantra. That's like, that's my go-to. I feel like, you know, being at a computer like this, being driving a car for 12 hours this weekend, doing these kinds of things, it's just to counteract it feels so good to do heart openers. So, and again, these are not prescriptions for others, but if, if you're in here, if you're in the chat, uh, if you throw into the chat, what your what pose you would love to take right now, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, but that's, that's a great answer is the best pose is the one that you need right now. Alice says child's pose. Love it. Great ones. Well, let's I think that, so that really answers it. I think you summed it up really well, Hannah that the, the best pose is the one that you need in the moment. Let's jump, Amy says frog. Ah, impressive, happy frog. I can't wait, Amy, you're coming up to the Muskoka retreat uh, this uh, next summer. And I will treat you and others to a nice long happy frog. And just like Saga said, I'll have my guitar out and we'll, uh, we'll have some fun. We got forward fold, we got supported butterfly from CC, beautiful. So many great poses and, and you can see Everybody's got something a little bit different, right? Like listening to what feels right. But let's jump to just because we only, because we're leaving space for the hot seat. Hannah's putting me on the hot seat today. First day, first day home and it's getting put on the hot seat, but I'll take it. What we wanted to talk about, again, we're bumping our, our topic of the business of yoga to a future episode because I think we want to dedicate a lot more time to that conversation because there's a lot that can be said. But what's very appropriate is that this week, this week is the final week of the 200 hour hero's journey. So that means that there's a community of yogis coming together. They've been on this journey going module by module, joining us here in Zoom, um, doing the work. And, and for some of them, you know, some of them are going at their own slower pace, but for a select number of them, they are, you know, finished graduating this weekend. Uh, we always bring our dear friend Sarah Beth onto the call and she, you know, shares a little bit of her story and also does a Q&A. So if anybody, anybody who's a member, uh, make sure to join us Sunday's 11 a.m. Eastern call. If you got questions you want to ask to Sarah, bring those. Um, but it's just, it's just such a celebration 
I feel like, you know, to see the final videos getting submitted of people, you know, teaching an entire yoga class and sharing it with us for so we can celebrate them and give feedback. And the way that yogis are acknowledging one another, like really acknowledging their peers and sharing breakthroughs. Uh, it's, a, it's a special time of year and, and leads right up to your birthday weekend. So you'll definitely be in high vibes as well, Hanna. But what's your thought? What's on your heart as you think about, you know, pulling together this hero's journey? I think that like the graduation of the 200 hour teacher training is a huge kind of a pivotal moment where again, things shift a little bit and, and the people who graduate, like I think about myself, my own journey, when I graduated teacher trainings, it always felt like an important, like a sacred moment where I step into my own power and, and I choose to serve in this way, kind of like offer everything that I am and everything that I've done thus far to support other people who are on their journeys so for me it's it's a sacred moment and I celebrate the people and the yogis who are ready to graduate and then I think about the fact that oftentimes when you take a teacher training it's kind of like the culmination and then after that most of the yogis kind of end up alone because they completed the journey they met amazing people they had so many insights they've changed a lot as a result of participating in the program and that's why we kind of are a different type of yoga school because i think that the 200 hours kind of like the first step that you take into actively stepping into your own life and taking responsibility for your own doings and your own contribution your own energy your own future like actively deciding i am going to make something out of my life that i didn't do before that's what a yoga teacher training does to you and when you are at that point then you need the friends and the community and the support because it, it can be quite lonely to be a yoga teacher because you're running around and teaching classes and building a community and so that's why we are a community for everyone, whether you graduated or not. And we have a lot of students who've done the same training nine times with us because they just love being in it. And they, as they go through the hero's journey, they keep, you know, creating their own communities and their own offerings. And it's really important that to have friends who understand what it's like and what you're going through. Yeah, that's that's a really great distinction, like the, the friendships. And we see friendships for life. Like literally, it's so cool to see the way people come together and they, the way they support one another. And when it's time to do a, a record a video for the program and, and, and people are there to support one another and be a student for one another. Uh, but that's like you say, it, it's, um, well, I, having done a lot of yoga teacher trainings myself, and it's like at the end of the program, here's your certificate. And, and maybe, you know, all, always it was like an amazing experience, right? Yoga teacher training is amazing. It's so cool. Uh, but then it was often the end of the road, get the certificate, fly home, and, and it's over, right? Like you say, this the hero's journey is is the beginning. Um, and even if, even if one is not pursuing becoming a full-time yoga teacher, it's still just like the beginning of 
of this next phase of life of how we decide to show up and what we decide to create is if, if we think of it, I won't get into the details of the curriculum, but I just, I made a few notes here of some of the things we do to give you an idea. And it's like, we start off the program by creating a vision, a vision for vision for our, our work and our, you know, our, what we're going to share a vision for our relationships, a vision for our health and our well-being and our yoga practice, um, all, you know, all of the different areas of life. And then, and then right off the bat, talk about integrity, like doing the work of integrity, which we talked about on a previous episode, but just building that foundation. And then, you know, I'm just going to rhyme and them off going in. Yeah, go I ahead. just want to say about integrity that it might be the most impactful aspect of the teacher training because integrity means being honest with yourself. And that gives you confidence to step into the world and create things. Yeah. Yeah. Just as a little side note there, being honest with yourself. So this is like this week, this is like my last week of like a lot to do. I have two papers due. One's due tomorrow. One's due Friday. These big academic papers I have to write. And I'm just sharing transparently and truthfully with all of you. I won't use the strong word hate. That's maybe too strong. I dislike writing academic papers. That's just not something I love to do. I love reading. I love studying. I love engaging. I love being in discussion. Um, I love sharing it. And I'm not, and it doesn't mean that I don't respect it. And certainly, you know, we've got some great writers, you know, Alice and Elizabeth and others here, which is a different type of writing. Um, but I guess I'm just, I'm just so aware that I don't love writing these like curated intellectual presentations and um and, and that's good information for me to know as as some people in my life are nudging me or suggesting to consider a phd like well let's let's make sure you know is this something that you really want to do so i i like that there's that getting in integrity knowing what is right for us um i'm just gonna i'm just gonna read through a few things because there's so much that could be said about all of them but we we do the work of finding your voice we do, I mean, jumping right into teaching, right? Module two, like at the end of week one, right into teaching, yo teaching yoga. Forget about waiting until the end, like right off the get-go, um, getting put into a small team, like really having that accountability and that support right from the beginning. Of course, we study the yoga sutras and you know, yogic nutrition using essential language so we can be most effective. Prenatal yoga, talking about fear, self-acceptance, navigating adversity. We do the work on the noble silence, like really going within and, and, and being awakened to our intuition. Of course, we do anatomy, philosophy, creating connection, which Saga create, uh, describes so well that you did for her, right? That, that be with connection, hands-on assisting, sequencing, teaching online, business of yoga, and then, of course, you know, the, the final bring it together for the magic carpet ride, which is a very magical experience. And it's like all of these steps, it's, it's just it, it comes together in such a holistic way um, to, to help a person, whether they want to start teaching yoga, whether they want to continue their yoga studies or whether they, they just want to, you know, deepen their own personal practice and, and do that personal growth. So we're excited. This week, we get to celebrate a number of yogis. And so for those of you, we're sending all our love, high vibes. We'll see you on the calls this weekend. Um, yeah, any final, any final thoughts on that, Hannah? 
No final thoughts. Just excited. Yeah, love it. Well, we got it's perfect because we got just enough time to to put me on the hot seat. We need we need like a physical seat. There was like uh you know you know those seats you see on the shows where like you sit in it, but if you answer the question wrong, then you you fall through into the slime or into something like that. We we need one of those. But what do you got? I'm I'm on the hot seat. I got no idea what she's gonna ask. We we try to we try to come up with questions to yeah, that that maybe we haven't shared before. Okay, so first one, just like really out of like without thinking a lot, just answer quickly. What would you say is your worst personality trait? Judgmental. I'm judge I'm judgmental of myself and and others. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Can you say more on that now that you pointed it out so badly? <laughs> Okay, now that now that Saga's got her popcorn, <laughs> as she she wrote in the chat, yeah, it's um even though it's something I, I'm very pleased with the progress I've made, I, you know I think you saw you've known me now Hannah for almost ten years and you know like I, I I am pleased with the progress I've made and I'm I'm very aware of it and I'm working on it and I I catch myself quickly, um, but I just notice. Um, that I can be critical of myself and I can be, you know, hard of myself and, and, and also of others. And it's not, it's not because I want to, you know, I don't think, every, I don't think everybody should be like me. I mean, I that probably 10 years ago, maybe I did, maybe I did think that everybody, Hey, I've got it figured out. I know the right nutrition. I know the right practice, this and that. And I'm, I'm not naive enough to think that's the case anymore, but I, yeah, it's, it's still there. It's still there. And I, Gosh, it's it's honestly something I kind of pray for and meditate on. It's like, you know, how and 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 actively let go of, you know, I've shared the story of doing the the fire puja in India and letting it go and and progress has been made, um, but it's not there yet. And so I guess that's when I'm deeply inspired when I meet people and you're in this in this realm, you're you're light years ahead of me, Hanna. And and I've met other people who also um yeah, just, you know, whether yogis from India, um, teachers from India, monks from India, it's like, I can really see that they don't carry this uh, the way I do, but it's something. And so a follow-up question, would, do you have any idea or any hunch of like why, where this habit came from, like what might've formed it? And if it's protecting you in some way, is it useful? How is it useful for you to be judgmental? Yeah, it's a good question. I guess I guess that I've I've been a I've been driven in a certain way. Like maybe a, a certain standard was set or a certain expectation from my parents or from my dad, and not even like explicit in a harsh way, but just like I felt a certain expectation or I felt a certain way that I needed to be. And so I, I lived so many years of my life trying to, trying to live up to that expectation, which is mostly self-created and, you know, trying to prove that I was enough. It's like, they say that everybody has these kind of two core fears. And it's like, one is that I'm not good enough. And the other one is that I, I won't be loved. Right. So like we all inherently, we want to feel good enough and we want to feel loved. And, and I think for me, the, the good enough one has been a, a, just like a story and just trying to prove myself and trying to be enough. And I feel like now these past 10 years, say like, or 15 years since I found yoga, 
I feel like I figured a lot out. And I, I really do feel like the nutrition choices that I make, I really believe in them. And so as much as that, you know, I do my best not to outwardly judge others or that, but I, I guess I've insert in there are certain areas I haven't figured out, right? You know, I've shared on previous episodes, I'm figuring out spirituality and my faith and all of that. Like I'm in the, in the seeking space there, but I guess maybe it's the areas that I feel like I've figured out, um, that, and when I see other people off that track, you know, I, I would want to, I would want to share, I would, you know, but I don't because I know that doesn't, everybody's yeah, on their own. That's not how it works. Yeah. Right. Like telling other people things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like when I first found yoga, I was telling everybody, everybody, everybody needs to do yoga. Or when I first became vegetarian, everybody needs to be vegetarian. Um, and those are great things, I think still. Um, but it doesn't work to, to preach in that way. So I guess, I guess that's something I work with. And I, and I feel like as I go deeper down, as you would use the term rabbit hole, as I go kind of deeper down this, uh, bhakti yoga, you know, spiritual path, this, you know, just like, you know, I don't know, as I go deeper on this path of into yoga philosophy and this, that, um, I'm becoming more different than many people. I'm, I'm genuinely, my, my family, my loved ones, uh, my mom, if you're watching this recording on Facebook, if you ever catch any of these, I don't know. I'd be curious to ask my mom this weekend if she's ever seen any. Um, but I guess I'm, I, I guess I'm just noticing I'm in a way becoming different than many people and valuing different things and prioritizing different things. And, and even, you know, I've got a month off now for, for the Christmas holidays, which is amazing. And I can't, I can't wait to spend so much of it with my family. And I'm also thinking about going back to, back to Boston early, like maybe by a week and a half or so, because there's a, an opportunity to, to learn from a teacher who's visiting the, the ashram. And, and so it's like, I'm considering giving up this sacred time with my most loved ones, my parents, my siblings, you, people, my family, to go and, and, and be with these people who I don't know, or they haven't been a part of my life, but there's something, yeah, something that it's, it's been awakened in me. And I guess I'm just aware, like, yeah, I mean, all I got to do is be at the hockey game this weekend. Right. And all the other parents are like sitting there, you know, you know, just being normal. And, and I'm stretching, I'm str- I got my leg up on the rail, Oops. I'm stretching, I've got my, my bead bag, I'm chanting mantra, and, and, and it's like, these are the things that I love to do, and, and these are the things that I love to eat, and, and I love to get outside in fresh air, and I know a lot of you guys would relate with, with a lot of that I do, and, and I think I can honestly stay, without getting into like all the details, just a long conversation, but there's nobody like me. <laughs> and I guess so how does that, that tie into the judgmentalness? I guess it ties in that um, in the areas that I feel like I've figured it out, and there's a lot of areas that I haven't, but in the areas that I feel as though I've figured some things out, um, I would I would want others to wake up and and make some of the choices that I've made. Uh, not because I'm better you know because i because i think that having lived a couple of different lifestyles i feel like some of the things i'm doing some of the choices i'm making 
have really helped me. And um, yeah. Interesting. It's, and also consider that others might not need that help the way you do. Totally. Right. That's it. That's, and that's why I'm labeling judgment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. That's very vulnerable and real. Yeah. What you're sharing. Nice. Mm -hmm. Have you, you got, have got for another one? We got time for one more. I would have two. Okay. What, what do you so got? I'm going to give one that is uh, also a little bit deep and maybe, I don't know if you find this difficult, but what is the greatest disappointment that happened in your life so far? Wow. The greatest disappointment that happened in my life. I see like everybody's looking at the screen. Um, <laughs> Cause you're such a positive person. Right? I know. You know what? There's nothing that, I mean, my first intuition, my first response is that there's nothing really that stands out because a lot of things didn't go as planned. A lot of things that I really wanted didn't happen, but I, I so quickly find an empowering meaning or I, or I move on to the next thing. It's like, if that didn't work out, I'm on to the next thing. I don't, I don't dwell on the past. I, I obsess about the future. I have anxiety about the future. So I got work to do there, but really no part of me dwells on the past. And, uh, and actually I need to be careful of that sometimes because I can be insensitive, right? For others who, who do have a stronger connection to the past. Okay, but instead of now explaining all those things, what would be the greatest disappointment in your life? If you were, if you were to name one, I'm sure you've had disappointments. Yeah. Because the question wasn't, how did you move on and how do you see yeah. disappointments? Yeah. Is it, again, nothing stands out, but like, I'll just start naming some disappointments. The, I mean, the first year that I applied to Harvard Divinity School, I got, I got a rejection letter. I didn't get in. I was disappointed. I really wanted to go. But again, uh, in hindsight, so much gratitude. I needed that extra year. We needed that extra year to work on Happy Jack Yoga University. So it all happened for a reason. But in that moment, that was a disappointment. Mm -hmm. You took it off very quickly, though. You st started working on your next application instantly. <laughs> so, totally, exactly. I'm like, sweet, I got a whole year and, and started working on it. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, honey, you were there, what, I guess it was five years ago now, but the, the second time that the doctor looked me in the eyes and said, your cancer is back. And so that could be a disappointing moment. And I, I didn't accept it. Or I, and, and I said to you in the car ride, I said, whether it's true or not, you know, I wouldn't, I'm not going to change a thing. I'm, I, I love what we do. We travel the world, we teach yoga, you know, and so that, and, and, and it, and it took me to Hippocrates Health Institute in Florida, where I learned even more about nutrition and lifestyle. Um, you know, I could say, thankfully, it turned out to be a mistake. And, um, and thankfully, you know, I am free and clear. But like, even even that, and, and, and I know I have to be sensitive sharing that because others have have been given that diagnosis, and, and it was more serious, or all of us have lost people um, from that diagnosis or uh, similar things. But I guess that's why it's hard for me to like pick a disappointment. I mean, I, cause I, I find the, I find the good. I find everything is good. Everything's amazing. I love. There's like a flip side to everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love it. So we have still a few more minutes. I want to ask you one more. All right. 
If you could write a book about your life so far, what would be the title? <laughs> uh, what would be the title? My life so far. I mean, now I'm, th I'm thinking about like friends who have, I'm thinking about book titles that already exist. I'm not a very creative person. I'm just calling myself out. So I know a friend of mine wrote a book called Two Lifestyles, One Lifetime. And, I, and when he wrote that, I thought that's pretty appropriate for me. Two lifestyles, one lifetime. He was very much like me, you know, party animal, all of that, found yoga, became a teacher. Um, so that's not very creative, but borrowing from somebody. What could be the title? Um, you know, another, my, another friend is writing a book called From Punk to Monk. Yeah. He, went, he went from being a punk rocker to a monk. And so I think of like, you know, what would mine be from, from engineer to, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not creative like that, but you know, I've, uh, I've thought about that though, about writing and it's something that eventually I will want to write a book. Um, that's a whole nother conversation. That's long. So that's, that's a good question. I'll have to think about it. I'm open to suggestions. Uh, if anybody has any ideas for my book title, let me know. <laughs> I love it. Cool. Great, great answers. Nice. Well, thank, thank, you. thank you for those. Those were good questions. They definitely they stumped me in a way. Like it really got me thinking. So thank you for that. You you accomplished uh, the outcome. Uh, and everybody Did you fall from the seat? You know the imaginary. I I bet you I bet you some to the slime. Amy says from engined to enlightened. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> uh, did I fall? Well, you guys would have the button. So I don't know. I bet you. I bet you some of the yogis here would push the button because they think I could have dug deeper. Uh, but I didn't. No, because it would be fun to see it. That would be fun as well. <laughs> but our friends, thank you for taking the time to connect with us. Those who are here live in Zoom, uh, if you have a few moments and you feel inclined, stick around, and we get to we get to connect and uh, celebrate and share feedback with you. For those who are on Facebook Live, if you want to join us send us an email info at happyjackyoga.com and we'll send you the, the details uh, for any of the reason. If you want to practice yoga, we got a free yoga class on Fridays. Send us an email. We'll get you the, we'll get you the details. Um, if you want to, if you want to become a yoga teacher, next training starts in January next month. Um, or if you just have feedback for us, if you have questions, if you have feedback, we appreciate you. But our friends make it an amazing rest of the day. Facebook live. Namaste. 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 Namaste.